Oh, Christian. What's up, Andrew? Man, I have a question for you. What is the question? All right, so do gun manuals, do those have a troubleshooting section? <laughs> Roll the intro know. music. All right. This is my welcome. This is my invitation to invent the hidden rooms inside my heart. heart. Come build the rooms inside my heart. What is up, Project Unifam? Man, hey guys. Christian, I, I, I really feel like I shouldn't have trusted Marshall's judgment on that joke. I, yeah, it's one it's one of those jokes that you don't know if the punchline is actually the punchline. So then you don't, don't want to say something, and then there's something else after. But then you also don't want to say something, and that's it. And so you're just like that awkward, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, see, it's as, an awkward little joke. As a gun owner, I found the humor in it. <laughs> So I found the humor in it as well. Yeah, that's all right. Maybe next week. Like, I, it's funny, but I didn't know if that was actually the punchline to it. Yeah. It's so I didn't right. want to just assume it was and then say something. And then there was actually more to the joke than I just look stupid. So. Yeah. No, it's all right. I can't win them all, I guess. Hey, but... one thing real quick. Yeah. Just go ahead and open that. Oh, <laughs> well, I was trying to, but, you know, go sorry. Ahead. I had to open my drink. <laughs> I'd already opened it once. So the Oh man, wasn't there? Did I just spilled my water all over myself. You, we need to get Christian a bib. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine's him, open. Get him one of those bibs that have the cup. The they come down and come back up. It's like a little tray that'll catch everything. Nice. Yeah. I didn't even know they made those. That's a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, guys, we are back with you tonight, and we are gonna, I guess, get back on the topic of what's next. Uh. We're going to be talking to you guys tonight about something in the church that always needs to be done and people misunderstand uh, how to do it, why to do it, uh, what it's for. But we're going to be talking about tithing, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, money. It's always awkward to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's always awkward. You never want to talk money with people, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about it tonight and, and hopefully give you guys... Uh, I don't know, maybe an, an understanding that way if if you are tithing, uh, you know that you're tithing for the right reasons and not necessarily a right or wrong way to tithe, even though there is a wrong way to tithe. And we'll, we'll look at that here in a little bit. But uh, we just want to give some clarity on the uh, on the situation. So uh, tonight we, we we're going to look at a couple things. I want to look at uh, number one, I want to look at why we tithe. I think I think that's very important as to why we give uh, money to the to the Lord, and then we need to look at what tithing does for the church, because I think a lot of people yeah. and and I was really guilty of it when uh, when I first started coming back to church. You know, I was well, I'll give my money, but I don't want it to go to this or that or this or that, and and you can't put stipulations on on what your money goes to as far as God's work. So, uh, Christian, yeah. you want to get us started tonight? Yeah, I think it's always important. So whenever we talk about tithe, it's really taken from Malachi 3.10, and it says, Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of armies. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. And so a tithe is essentially a tenth of your earnings. And so what 
uh, God is saying in Malachi is, give me a full tenth. Let there be food in my house and see what I will do for you. And so I think it's important to just have that baseline of what a tithe is. It's a tenth of what you receive. Um, and so I'll go ahead and start in Second Corinthians eight twelve. Uh, for if if for if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. And so whenever we say the stipulation of a tenth. We know that a tenth is going to be different for everyone. You know, some people may receive more of a monthly paycheck than others. And so whenever we say a tenth, it's not a set amount for something. I think this is important to understand is that God is not really worried about the tenth. He's not worried about the 10% that you have. He's worried about the heart. And I think we'll get into this in a little bit the heart that is behind the giving. Yes. And so as we, as we get into this, you'll see that the heart is way more important than the amount. And I think that's a good baseline to start at. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, technically the 10%, that's not commanded. Now that we're not yes, under the right. law of Moses. You're correct. Uh, but it does state in the New Testament that we should be generous with our giving. So, but yes. like you said, man, it, it's all... It's all about your heart. If you're giving ten percent to the church, and but you're you're negative about it, and you're like, "Well, I'm only giving this because I'm commanded to, and I don't really agree with what the money's being used." Well, that tithe—that's not a real tithe. That's—I mean—that's more or less. Let's go metaphorically. That's blood money. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's money that that the church. I mean, the church needs it. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> But there's bad stigma with that money. The church would much rather have 2% of somebody's money given wholeheartedly than 10% of somebody who's very reluctant to give. You know, yeah, first things sure. first, you should not give unless you're comfortable with giving. That's going to put a stigma on you. Or my, my thing used to be like I would give my offering to the church, but then I'd be worried three days later about how I'm going to pay a bill. Like you shouldn't mm -hmm. give with worry. If if you're not comfortable giving it, don't give it. But yeah, you you also need to understand that we are commanded to give to the work of God. You know, and yeah, that's yeah. money. And and being a staff member, I need you to understand that the church does not function without the the money of the people. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not giving my money uh, for them just to do this or do that. What you don't seem to understand or what some people don't seem to understand is a lot of churches can't even keep the power on if they don't have the tithe. Yeah. A lot of churches, we don't, we don't want to do federal loans because then that enters the state into our, our business. So a lot of, a lot of churches, they won't do business loans and stuff like that. We like to pay for stuff outright because we don't want to be in debt. So you have to understand 10% is not commanded, but you do need to give generously and you need to give with a grateful heart. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people also forget that it costs money to open the building every Sunday. Yes. And so the worship service you're enjoying that you're going to and attending, one thing that is important to realize is that it costs money to go to that service. It costs money to turn on the lights, to heat the building, to, 
uh, air to have air conditioning. It costs money to do all this. And so, and I think that one of the biggest parts in that verse is not the 10th. Let me go back to it real quick. Malachi 310 for anyone who wants to follow along. The most important part of that verse is when God says, see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. God wants to see the heart of the giver. And just like uh, Andrew said that we, we would rather have a person that is joyful in their giving than someone who's reluctant and just giving out of necessity or someone, even someone who is trying to give out of a boastful spirit saying, look at me, I have this much amount of money that I'm giving. And they look at their bake, they look at their giving statements at the end of the year and well, wow, I gave quite a bit of money. And then you see this person and they gave out of everything, everything they had, but it was a, a significantly less money than what the other person gave. And so it's so important to realize that the person that is giving out of a thankful, gratitude-filled heart is so much more full whenever they give than someone who gives out of reluctant spirit and sees their giving statement at the end of the year and sees how much money they gave. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it says in 2 Corinthians 9-7, it says, you should each give then as you have decided, not with regret or out of a sense of duty, for God loves the one who gives gladly. I think that's yeah. very key right there. God loves the one who gives gladly. God is not going to be pleased with you. Listen, God doesn't care that you give the money. He cares why you give the money. You know, it's, it's the same as praying. You know, God doesn't care what words come out of your mouth as long as the heart matches what the words say. So, uh, let me see. So, I have a question for y'all. So, it says give no. a tenth. And obviously, as far as American churches go, most people seem do more people think that is a tenth of annual, a tenth of monthly. I mean, it all depends. I mean, how do most people see that? Or is it like, do they look at it as another bill they have to pay every month? Do you want to take I that or do you want that me to? Uh, I'll go ahead and say my what I was going to say. I think the 10th okay. is something that is kind of just like, not a baseline, but just like a backboard to look at. And so whenever someone says a 10th, none of us are going to say someone is less spiritual. They give 4%. No one's going to say that. No, of course not. But I think, I think the biggest thing that we're trying to come out with is that it all depends on the gratitude in your heart towards your giving. And that's, that's the big thing that we're trying to get to today is that all of this culminates all of what we're talking about today comes with the heart that is filled with gratitude towards what you're giving. And so whether it be to a church, whether it be to a nonprofit organization that maybe is in your community doing great gospel work, whatever it is, if you have a heart filled with gratitude, God is going to be pleased with your gift, whether it be 4%, whether it be 10%, whether it be 50%. Whatever your heart is, God's going to be pleased. But if you're given a temper, if you're given ten or more percent with a boastful spirit, God is not going to be happy with your gift. Yeah, uh, the whole ten percent comes from Nehemiah, uh, where it says it's Nehemiah ten thirty eight. It says the priest, the son of Aaron, 
shall be with the Levites, and when the Levites receive tithes, and the Levites shall bring up the tenth of the tithes to the house of our God, to the chambers of the storefront. Now that was under the law of Moses. Now what your what your question is essentially is it a tenth of what you make monthly? That all differs on how you want to do it. Uh, for me and my household, we can't afford to give a tenth of our monthly earning up front. Uh, so we do it every time we get paid. Actually, every Wednesday when I get paid, she goes in and she tithes for me. And then every time she gets paid every other week, she goes in and tithes for her. Now, here's the other big question, okay? Do you tithe off gross earnings or net earnings? Because here's the deal. You technically <laughs> earn the wage, but you don't see that money because you're paying all that to taxes. I've had people ask me that question in the past before. Now, I could be wrong, and I like I tell people, it's all personal. You know, I can't tell you gross is what you have to do because there's nothing in the Bible that commands us to say, now, before state taxes come out, you've got to give us some of that money, too. Uh, what we usually do is off of gross, off the money we actually receive. Uh, and then, of course, you know, income tax time, we give off that and everything like that. But uh, it, it's all personal. And, and tithing is one of those things that it's so personal that people don't like talking about it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want to be completely blunt with the listeners. Tithing is very crucial to a church. You, people have to realize that my paycheck comes off tithes. If people don't give to the church, I, I can't afford to pay for my family. And people are reluctant for that because they're like, well, what is... What does the staff members actually do uh, other than Wednesdays and Sundays? Because a lot of people don't realize during Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, we're here, A, we're studying, B, uh, we do a lot of outreach stuff, you know, community stuff. Uh, we're constantly giving to people who are in need. The employees of the church do a lot more than you think they do. The staff members of a church, we are here more than Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, and a lot of church staff members are either a bivocational, some of them are volunteer, and some of them are lucky enough to be full time. But all of those people should be compensated for their time and their efforts. I mean, I am devoting my life throughout the week to God's work. I should not feel guilty for taking a paycheck. I think it's important to not just necessarily think about where your money is going whenever you get to the church because most of it um is is given to not just the staff there but a lot of it is also given to the community and so if you're gonna go with uh, i'm not gonna give because i don't want to be paying andrew's salary you're also taking away a lot of the money that's also going to go into your community that you're trying to reach for the gospel and so for you not to give for someone's salary that you don't want to pay, you're also missing out on a greater blessing someone else could be receiving out in the community, whether it be food for that week, whether it be um, whatever, clothes, whatever the case is. Yeah. You're missing out on a greater opportunity that you're, I don't want to be, say too selfishly admitting, but you're not giving because you're selfish in your motive. And so you're missing out on the greater good that comes out of giving to God's work. 
Absolutely. Uh, and this goes back to, to what I said earlier about trusting God. When you give, you shouldn't be reluctant to when you give. Uh, you should give wholeheartedly and trust that God is going to take care of you. Uh, God is going to bless you yeah. for giving selflessly and without worry or doubt. Uh, you know, it says in Mark 12, uh, 41 through 44, uh, it, it says, and he sat down uh, opposite the treasury and watched the people putting in money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, now this is Jesus speaking. He says, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty and put everything she had, all she had to live on. This woman had great faith in God's work. I mean, yeah. she had great faith to go in and put in her last two cents and turn around and, and just have faith that she was going to make it. She was going to be okay. Uh, you know, there are times that you're going to sacrifice and you may go without certain things, but that's okay. You know, it, I think it teaches you uh, humility. You know, maybe maybe you're being extravagant with your spending and, and tithing and having to stress a little bit. It's good for the soul, I think. <laughs> you know, me and Ashley, we live we live comfortably now, but there was a big portion of our life where we struggled financially, and it, and it made us more appreciative of what we have now to where we're more thankful for those things. And I'm trying to teach my kid that. he's get, He's been given everything. So now he doesn't appreciate the things that he has. So when he gets something, like, uh, all right, so his birthday was this last week, right? And uh, I all he wanted for Chris or for Christmas, all he wanted for his birthday was a pair of Air Force Ones. Now, oh, he nice. wanted all white high tops. Now, they don't Ooh, make those okay. in his size. So uh, we were able, we found a, a pair of the Jordan ones, the high top white ones that look like the air forces. And he got those. Uh -huh. Well, two, I mean the day after he got them, he was talking about how hard his life is. And I was like, bro, are you kidding me? I was like, there are not many kids in your school that get what they want when they want. Like, keep in mind, this yeah. kid just got a brand new pair of, of Kyrie's like three months ago on top of the pair of Hey dudes he got last month. I mean, <laughs> on top of the smartwatch he got, uh, he's he's got an an Invicta watch now too. I mean, the kid literally gets what he wants, and I told him I was like, "Son, I'm gonna take it all away from you, because you don't understand mm -hmm. what it is not to have anything." And, yeah, and I think uh, it shows a, a great deal of faith to give when you don't know when the next thing's coming in is. You know, like like yeah, this woman in Mark. Yeah, I know a church uh, out in Tennessee. Me and Abigail actually visited a couple weeks ago. Um, they do what's called the 90-day challenge. And so what they do, they give um, an opportunity for the, for the person who is kind of hesitant about uh, giving to the church. They give 90 days and say, give however much you want a week and then see what God does. If you are in... Um, if you're in a situation where you can't pay your taxes, you can't pay for something, let us know and we'll give you all the money back. And we'll, if you need more, we'll even give you more. But they just want people to even just go out and step out by faith and just see what God does when they tithe, when they give. 
And I think whenever people step out with that kind of faith and let God do what God does, they will see how abundant and compassion, abundant and riches he truly is. And we'll see how much he provides. It may not be in the time that you want, but sooner or later, God will provide your need that you have and that you uh, will have. I think that's something that a lot of people miss out when they don't uh, give. Absolutely. So most people, when they tithe, they think that missions offering goes into that tithe as well. And they don't realize the importance of giving to missions separately. Uh, Now, I know not every... Not every denomination puts emphasis in missions and all that, but you have to understand it's important to give to missionaries as well. You know, there are a lot of missionaries that are in third world countries that are literally risking their lives to present the gospel to people. And I I feel like we should, we should be abundant and generous in our giving to them as well. Uh, I was reminded of that because we're, we're in missions month right now at the church. And so, oh, sweet. yeah, each Sunday we were bringing in a, a different missionary to speak. And I, I didn't realize like how much they actually sacrificed to do God's work. You know, here I am, I'm ministering in my hometown. Uh, I'm, I'm living comfortably. I'm, I'm not out of my comfort zone. You're going home every night. I'm going home every night. I get to see my family when I want to. And there are missionaries that don't get that those luxuries. And they willingly do yeah. that for the Lord. And and I just want yeah. to stress to people how important it is, uh, beside your, your tithe and offering, to give to missions as well. Uh, we're yeah. literally helping them get the word out and sacrifice their lives and their comfort uh uh, to go out and present this gospel to people. And so it's very important that you understand that giving to missions um, should be separate from your tithing. Uh, I think you should give to that specifically. Yeah, giving to missions is something that, like, they did this all throughout the first century in the New Testament. In First Corinthians 16, 1, now about the collection for the saints, do the same as I have instructed the uh, Galatian churches. On the first day of the week, each of you is to set something aside and save in keeping with now with how he is prospering, so that no collections will need to be made when I come. When I arrive, I'll send letters, uh, those you recommend, to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it is suitable for me to go as well, I will travel with them. This this concept of giving to church, to missions, it isn't new. This is something that has been done for the past 2,000 years as we look in the life and ministry of Paul and the life and ministry of Titus, uh, Timothy, uh, Peter. We see this all throughout the New Testament. And so for us to just say, well, this is something that's new that um, the North American church has come up with, that's a lie. This is something that has been done the past 2,000 years of church history in the new testament that we see in first corinthians 16 yeah absolutely i mean at the end of the day no matter what you're given to in the church you you have to understand you're not giving to a certain specific area unless you're designating that money toward like we get offerings all the time for the youth ministry like it's going to the youth ministry nobody else touches that money but us uh, same yeah. thing with missions. If you designate money to missions, but when you go in and just do regular tithing, 
Like that money's going to the church. We're going to use that where we see fit, where we see yeah. that it needs to be there. It's much like, um, you know, if, if your church has like a building fund, uh, you can't get mad when a church wants to use that building fund to further the building of the church. Like you may not agree with it, but it's still that money can't be used for anything else because that money is designated for that area. So you can't yeah. come into tithing with a sense of, well, I'll give my money, but it better not go to this or it better not go to that because you're going to sorely be mad when you find out that it, it, it very well may be going to that. And plus the church, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to break this news to the listeners who may be salty about their giving. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's between you and God. You need to check your heart on that. But when you <laughs> give to the church, we don't designate like we don't get the tithing and say, all right, well, John Smith's money is going to go to this. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Brown's money is going to go to that. It doesn't happen. Once we get all the money, unless it's designated to a certain area, it gets put in a general fund and it gets spent on expenses, whether it's this, that, or, or the other. We don't designate yeah. your money because of your salty attitude. <laughs> like I, I just want to I may hurt some feelings on that or not but might as well just get it out there just so everybody knows it all the money that's not des designated for specific things goes into the general fund and it's used for the purpose of the church as it's needed exactly. I think it's also important to realize that your giving is affecting so much more than just the church building it's affecting the community um what, I don't know what Calvary is doing, but I know some churches uh, that right now have a food drive that they're doing right now. I think uh, Worth is doing something like this, where um, they're giving out boxed meals to people, and um, they have them coming through the parking lot, and then they have like stations to where they can pray for them. And so they're having volunteers that are coming and helping uh, with distribution and then with praying. And so for... Uh, your tithes are going towards that to uh, affect the outreach ministry of your community, to share the gospel with others in the community. And so don't just have this one little um, idea that my money is just going to this um, thing over here. What your tithe is doing, I think we're going to cover this in the next uh, topic that we're about to do in this, like what the tithe is doing for the church. What your tithe is doing is covering expenses for the church. It's not free to host people on Sundays. It costs money to do lighting, air conditioning, heating, whatever, summer, winter it is. Yeah. Um, it's helping people share the gospel in the community to give lunches, to give dinners, to give clothes, uh, to do different sorts of outreach ministries. Uh, and it's also helping with the salaries of your staff members that are uh, day in and day out, getting messages ready, digging deep into the word of God, calling people, making hospital visits really on a 24 seven basis. Um, and so there's so many things that your money does to affect the church, not just the building, but the whole church um, body. And so I think that's really important to grasp in this episode. That's really what we're trying to just get into your mind in this episode is that your money 
that you're giving to the church is all about the body. It's all about being together as the body. And yes, some may go to the building, but so much of it is going out into the community and into uh, the well-being of the staff and even into the well-being of other members who maybe they have uh, needs that they have to be met. I know that some churches help people pay bills when they are uh, have bad luck, when maybe they lose a job or something. They have help them pay their bills so they don't end up homeless. And there's so many things that you don't even know is going on, but that the, the behind the scenes, the church is paying for different needs that the community has and different needs that the body has. That's what we're trying to get into your mind. Absolutely. I, you know, one thing I could say to do is if you, if you want to know what your tithing money goes to, A, most churches put out a financial statement at least once a month. Pull up a financial statement. See where all this money is being designated to. You'll realize that it's a, a very small portion of what, money actually comes into the church actually goes towards paying salaries. Uh, it goes towards a yeah. lot more than that. And if that's not a good enough answer for you by looking at your financial statement, don't be afraid to go ask the pastor or a deacon. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend you don't ask a youth pastor because nine times out of 10, we have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're just as questionable about it as you are. Uh, <laughs> but in, in all honesty, if you have questions about it, go ask. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, you have to understand, this is not a a privately owned business. We do not keep a lot of our finances under wrap. Like, if you ask, we are more than happy to tell you because, after all, it is your money going into this fund. We are more than yeah. happy to explain what that goes towards. Which leads us into the next part of our conversation tonight is what does our tithe money actually go to uh, as far as the church? We, we've talked about a few of them, uh, but I really, I really want to dig into them individually. You know, maybe not, uh, not go into great detail because I, I think every church is going to be different in that sense. But at the same time, I want to look at different things that the church that the church uses this money for. So people better have an understanding of what all, how important their tithing really is. Uh, and of course the first thing we need to look at is the bills. You would be so surprised with how much it costs just to, so my church, we have one, two, three, four, five buildings on our campus. One of those buildings being a two story gym with classrooms all on top. Now, just to run uh, the Annex, the Life Center, the Home Builders Building, and uh, just those three buildings alone, two days a week, uh, and then the office every day, the sanctuary two days a week, you would, you would, your jaw would drop if you saw how much our electric bill is. I'm not, I'm not going to disclose it, but it's, it's up there. You know, it costs a lot of money to run these buildings just two days a week. I mean, yeah. pe people think that we have like wind turbines in the back that nobody knows about that. <laughs> we're just generating our own electricity like that stuff costs money. Uh, you know, the water bill, that's not cheap. When you have 
you know, 10 plus bathrooms in your whole campus and people flushing and washing hands. They better be washing hands uh, <laughs> and all that, you know, especially when you're seeing a hundred plus kids every Wednesday night, that's a lot of water that's going to get used, you know? And then yeah. of course we've got to pay for food and stuff to feed these kids on Wednesday nights. Uh, you have general maintenance, like keeping the, the grass mowed, uh, you know, a lot of times just to cut costs, we'll have a work day up at the church. We have people come and volunteer their time and services to get rid of weeds or touch up paint in places. Those are costs that we try and avoid by by uh, having volunteers come do it. But you still have regular maintenance that needs to be done. Like we're about to replace AC units on our gym, right, that have been there since the gym was built. That's 15 plus years ago you know those acs that costs money where where do people expect this money to come from if it's not from them giving to us to keep this open i mean you have to understand why do you go to church to get fed spiritually right to learn about god to help grow your relationship with god now my question is how are you going to do that if the church is unable to open its doors because it can't afford to you know, that's why in the news it talks about uh, there are certain uh, oh, politicians that are trying to push to because all churches are tax exempt, right? And people think, and, and that's another misconception, is people think just because the church is tax exempt, everything in the church is tax exempt. That is not true. I had to explain to somebody, I think it was a couple months ago in a discussion that I still pay taxes. Like I have taxes coming out of my check every week. The pastor still has to pay taxes. Like we're not living tax free. We still pay taxes. It's yeah. the church itself that is exempt from certain taxes. What they don't realize is a lot of churches would have to close their doors if they had to pay their property tax alone because they're so ridiculous. Yeah. Like our campus, our campus is zoned a commercial plot. We could not afford uh, the property taxes a year. I mean, it would drain us. And so they, they have to understand this money goes towards keeping things afloat. You know, it, it's, uh, we have a coffee shop. Well, that coffee costs money. Like we don't just magically, we didn't sprout coffee beans in the backyard and we go and pluck them every Sunday morning. Like we have to buy coffee. <laughs> we have to buy cups. We have to buy filters. We have to buy all these things, all these amenities and, and blessings that you that we experience at church you have to understand somebody has to float the bill on that and unfortunately the pastoral staff cannot afford to do that ourselves <laughs> yeah i mean i would not even be able to afford a lot of things if it wasn't for my wife working as much as she does so you have yeah. to understand the bills have got to be paid if you enjoy coming to church if you enjoy having a a hospital for the center if you have a if you enjoy coming when you're down and broken and have a place that you can spiritually get fed and and turn off the world and, and the problems of the United States and you have a home church that you can go to and be comfortable with being a sinner and getting right with God, you have to be okay with what your money goes to. And a lot of that goes towards paying the bills. I mean, we gotta heat the pool in the back. You know, we can't dunk people and, and baptize them without a heated pool. <laughs> Just joking. I mean, a lot of people do that, but we do have to heat it. 
especially if I'm getting in it. Yeah, most that is, definitely. That's one thing I've been very grateful for is both baptistries that I've I've been encountered with both have had heaters. <laughs> Andrew would have been like, nope. But the bills, you have to understand, that's the most important thing. It goes, the money goes towards paying the bills. Like, we have insurance that we have to pay for. That's not cheap. Like, seriously, search yeah. up how much insurance is for a church. I'm not talking medical insurance. I'm talking about accidental insurance. Because if somebody gets hurt on our pro- on our property, we have to have insurance to cover that. That is not a cheap deal. For one, it goes towards that. Another thing, we do designate some money to missions ourselves. Because we, and, and especially at our church, and every church is different, right? Like Southern Baptist, they give a lot of theirs to just a, a co-op program within the Baptist Convention that then disperses money out to missionaries, which is, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not saying anything bad about that because I think it's a great thing because if a church is hurting one month, um, the missionaries don't go without. That's great. I understand that. Yeah. You, you know, but like with our church, because uh, I work for a fundamental independent Baptist church, like we support missionaries independently. And a lot of times if we can't afford uh, to take those on individually, like if we take one on individually and our missions is skimped that week a little bit, somebody's got to pay for that. So we designate money to do that. Uh, like I was talking about with building funds, uh, you know, maintenance has got to come out of stuff. And, and of course, a lot of times when, when churches, A, want to remodel or expansion of a church, like that's the greatest thing ever is an expansion of a church. Like it's got to come from somewhere and that money doesn't come out of nowhere. Like we don't just breathe that into existence. We pray to God, but we don't pray to God for like uh, a magic trick, like, Lord, please, please, please let us wake up tomorrow and get $100,000 in in the backfield that we can just go pluck off a tree so we can do everything (laughs) we want. Like, we have to rely on the members. You know, that's why we are all the body of Christ. That's why the pastor or the pastoral staff has no more ownership into the church than the congregation does because without the congregation, we would not have the pastoral staff. You have to understand how that works. Like, and if any pastor makes you feel like they're above you or they have more ownership in it, you you need to to hold them accountable. Because even though we appoint these pastors yeah. to shepherd our decisions, you have just as much word in what goes on than anything. Like with our church, where we just voted on a the new air conditioners, even though those are maintenance, we felt it was best to take it to a vote with the amount that they cost. Uh, that and yeah. we just voted on a church remodel, right? We took it to a vote because we wanted to know if the people wanted that. We didn't want to do it and step on toes or anything, so we left it up to the congregation because they have every right to say whether we do this or not. So, like I was saying, the bills, missions, uh, building, you know, you've, you've got to, I don't want to say keep up with the Joneses, but you've got to, there's a lot of regulations and stuff as far as handicap goes that we, the church need to follow and money's got to come from somewhere. So, uh, those are three things that, that your tithing covers. Uh, I mean, you could go into like a funeral expenses. Like we open up the funeral to people, you know, people, uh, we bring in food, stuff like that. 
uh, like you were saying, food drives. So you know those things; those are great. We get to we get to help people who are in need. It's great, and and not that churches do it for the publicity, but somebody's got to float the initial startup bill on that. You know, uh, youth events. I don't. I don't ever want a teen not to go on any event or camp because they don't have the money. So at the end of the day, if we can't get a sponsor or anything like that, we pull money out of the youth fund to make sure they get to go and hear the gospel. You have to understand your money does not just go to the things that you're negatively thinking it's going to. It goes to a lot more good than it does bad. You just have to, you have to give wholeheartedly and without any worry or doubt of what your money's going to. And if you have concerns about where your money's going to, or if you have a reservation about it, don't give. I would rather you not give until you're comfortable giving than giving and sit there and and spout off gossip or anything about, oh, well, you know what our money's going to, right? And blah, blah, blah. You know, the pastor or the youth pastor just took three golf trips or they went on a on a staff retreat and you wouldn't believe where they went and stayed, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not doing anybody any good. You have to understand that. So I would rather you not give than give and be that person. There's my pedestal. Very nice. Nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got anything you want to add to that, Christian? And for those that do give... Uh, with the grateful spirit, uh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for so trusting much. God. <laughs> thank you for trusting God with your finances. Uh, and it is hard uh, for sure to just know, like just asking the question, how am I going to pay my next rent whenever you're giving money to the church and you're just asking, how am I going to do this? But I have seen and heard stories of God making ways for people that I can't explain and other than it's God that's working. And so for those who give, thank you. Uh, for those who are hesitant about it, just try it. Um, ask your pastor, talk to your pastor about it, uh, and let God show you what he does. And God is beyond rich in his mercy and in his grace and he will provide what you need. Um, and so if you're hesitant about it, give God a shot, let him, let him show you how rich he is. Um, and that's, that's all I got. And at the end of the day, you have to remember God commands you to give. This is, (laughs) you, you know, at the end of the day, whether you're comfortable with doing it or not, you eventually have to get to a place where you understand God commands you to do this. It's just like, listen, I would love to go out there and just steal. Don't we all? <laughs> you know, like I see people like I see people stealing and having nicer things than me and all that. Like I would love to do that. I would love to have great things. I would love to have a Lamborghini. But God does not <laughs> command me to go steal to have a Lamborghini. Therefore, I don't go steal because it's a, it's bad. It's against God. You have to understand, God commands us to do things that we are not comfortable with. God likes to pull us out of our comfort zone. I don't know if anybody's ever noticed that or not. Quite a few times. (laughs) But God don't like you just to sit and be comfortable. I mean, look at the Apostle Paul. 95% of that man's ministry, he was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. He was on the run. He was imprisoned. 
So, yeah. So, like you were saying, Christian, anybody who does give willingly and wholeheartedly, thank you so much. I want to thank you personally because without, especially the members of Calvary, like without them, I would not be able to do this. I would still be working in the steel industry. I love the steel industry, don't get me wrong, but I didn't feel as completed doing that as I do doing God's work. So without you, like my job would not be possible. So uh, other than that, I mean, Christian, you got anything else you want to add? I don't. Well, listen, ladies, I know this is past uh, your day, but we have actually recorded this on National Women's Day. So I just want to give a shout out to all the ladies. Thank you so much for being you. Listen, my wife, my daughter, being being married and being a girl dad, those girls make my life complete. My mama, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing better than my mama. You know, I'm a I'm a Texas Southern boy who loves his mama. Yes, you are. Uh, women, listen, <laughs> as men in your life, uh, I know there's a lot of times we don't appreciate you out loud as much as we often should, but just know your efforts do not go unnoticed. We understand you are the backbone of the family. Uh, you are the glue that keeps us together, even though we are the head yes. of the household. You are what makes us men. Like I always say, I wear the pants of the of the relationship, but it actually tells me which pair to put on. So, <laughs> and I'm perfectly okay with that. But ladies, listen, we love you and we thank you so much for being rock stars, being mothers, being wives, just being awesome. So I wanted to end on that. And that actually uh, brings us into our topic of next week. We're going to be looking at women of the Bible, the importance of the woman in the church, in the household, in the world, just being rock star women of the Bible. So I'm pretty excited about this one. It's going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah. So uh, guys, listen, bear with us the next uh, two, three weeks, we have our new setup going uh, with Christian remote through uh, social media, the Zoom. We'll post the video up online, but just bear with us through the next couple of weeks while we work out kinks. I know there may be glitchy parts here and there. Just bear with us. We're working it out. We're going to get it done, uh, and we're going to give you the best product that we can. Just bear with us <laughs> is all we ask. But uh, uh, Christian, I love you, man. I'm glad I can Love at least too, see you on a screen versus uh, in person. I'd rather... we... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were done. I was going to say, and now we can, everybody can see everybody because we're all here. Yeah. It's true. You know, and listen, this opens up a, a new area of Project Unify because we can do a video cast too now. So that, true. that just gives us more and more and more. So guys, listen, do us a favor. Go on the social network pages, the Facebook, the Instagram the website just share some love to us let us know that you're listening uh next week we are going to have official announcements for the giveaway i know we've kind of been waiting on it but uh with christian getting married uh him moving uh and personal stuff that me and marshall have had going on we had to put it on the back burner a couple weeks but next week you are going to officially hear the stipulations of the contest you can win a t-shirt a face mask and an opportunity to come hang out with me and Marshall in studio. And I'm even going to up the ante, Christian. Can you guess what okay. I'm going to up it to? Uh, I can't, but I'm excited to hear what it is. Pizza party. 
Oh, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> when you if you win, when you come and hang out with me and Marshall in studio, you get to bring you and one guest and we're gonna throw a pizza party for you. Come on. Let's do it. I'm gonna get my own pizza. <laughs> I'm gonna get like a little Totinos. There you go. Pizza rolls, baby. Yeah, and you'll also get to hang out with Christian. It'll just be via Zoom. But you know, we take what we can get. Hey, we do it how we do it. <laughs> but anyways, guys, listen, this has been another dosage of your weekly prescribed project unify brought to you by none other than the greatest doctor alive dr andrew lawrence he is not a doctor everybody should know this by now listen i could be a love doctor (laughs) spreading god's love to people okay see there you got me i don't think you have to have a doctor to be a doctor of god's love i mean it probably helps Mm. but Yes, I'm not Maybe a doctor. Maybe to understand of, it better. I'm not a doctor of any field, not even a cornfield, but I am still, Marshall, your favorite doctor. But anyways, in front of me on a computer screen is... Christian. Beside me is always the professor. Marshall. And I'm your boy, Andrew. We love you and we're out. Bye. Peace.